Hi, I'm Yasmin. <laughs> and I'm an IT guy. No, you're not. You're an IT grandpa. Ah. Uh, Getting closer to that each every passing day. Me making computers go brr. Things that make you go hmm. And uh, I had I had a, a talk today with a guy uh, who was trying to ask me for a favor, and I said I don't know anything. I'm just a guy. I make things go brr. Hmm. I I know dev. So unlike the last podcast that we did, you migrated from I test stuff to I go brr. I make stuff go brr. Mm-hmm. Is that evolution or devolution? I think it's evolution because uh, you just uh, try to, as the Christmas is getting nearer, you just try to get the uses of your back. So mm. the idea is to just make them go away and make the problems go away because the users equal problems. End users. So level one support. Yes. Yeah, that can be hell of annoying. I'm with you on so, that. So what are you doing today? I don't know. I thought we could talk a little bit about the... Uh, things that are happening on the GPU market. Well, things are happening on the GPU market, yes. Thankfully, the mine riggers and the miners are, uh, have gone away. Uh, cards are getting cheaper. So right now, you don't need both candies to buy a card. You just need one. Hmm. So this is this is getting better. So from two kidneys to one kidney to liver to I don't know bone marrow or something. Bone marrow probably yes. Yeah, probably the logical next step. Yeah, I was actually looking into uh, continuing on the, some of the topics that we covered last time. I was looking into uh, some of the stuff happening in the past couple of years in terms of the GPU market. Okay. Even forgetting about the fact that we had uh, still partially have this COVID thing happening. Even though we had, as you mentioned, uh, stuff related to scalpers happening, especially for the for uh, for the mining market, etc. Even though we have currently a lot of problems with ch uh, chips shortage and many corresponding details related to all of that, I'm still a little bit... Uh, I hesitate to use the word angry. It's more confused and then it's a little bit worried and then maybe angry a bit as well, just as a regular user from the perspective of checking how cheap the graphic cards are. Uh, hence the reason why uh, last time around we talked about uh, Intel Arc that should offer some mainstream, let's say, um, progress in a sense of gaming versus performance if everything goes well over uh, let's say at least midterm period of time uh, but you know going through uh, an era where graphics cards went from being irrelevant way back in the day to an era in which they started becoming relevant to all of a sudden being all irrelevant and then with uh, various types of uh, advancements happening in technology and design in CPUs and GPUs and all of that. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed. And I'm not sure that it's for the better. I think that I need more numbers. Basically, I was thinking about it when we were preparing all of this and uh, I need more numbers because 
we are basically in an era where we are switching from the desktop to the laptop. And I think that the laptops are gaining market. Uh, desktops are lagging behind. Gaming desktops are becoming a niche, more of a niche than they were. So I think that the reason why the market uh, is uh, driving the price of the cards up is because the cards are more expensive to make because the volumes are uh, smaller. They are basically the technology previous or something that is going to be in the laptop in the next couple of years for a given, uh, for a given uh, family of uh, chips or a family of GPUs. So I need more data on how many cards are actually sold mm -hmm. because the mining created an artificial uh, selling point for a lot of cards. Mm -hmm. And I think that the problem is that right now, uh, both or the three of the guys who are trying to uh, dominate the market, let's say that Intel is trying to dominate the market. However, uh, right now, however funny that may, may sound, all three of them have a problem because they don't actually have the market that they had uh, three years ago. Uh, laptops are becoming... You mean in volume? Yeah, in volume. Because okay. the COVID didn't only mean that people uh, stopped buying cards. Uh, COVID also meant that people started buying laptops because they wanted to work from home. They wanted to be able to work from any place in the home. They didn't want to be uh, stuck with the computer somewhere in, the, in some part of the house or in some part of the apartment. So... Graphic cards are becoming irrelevant and uh, the problem is that uh, you can get a decent amount of FPS or a decent amount of uh, whatever rendering power do you need from uh, basically just an average card. Right now, not a lot of people need uh, high-end graphic cards. Mm -hmm. uh, journalists do, people who enjoy games, they do, but you can basically casually enjoy games using a card that is three or four years old. So I don't think that the problem is right now with the price of the hardware because you don't need this this, price, this kind of hardware. You can get away with using an, I don't know, 1070 instead of a uh, 380 and you are going to pay basically a fraction of the price. So we hmm. are, we are, we are, we are uh, looking at the market and we are, discussing about Ferraris, but people are buying Fiat's. So basically we are talking about high-end graphic cards that nobody buys, that have artificially high price prices, and people are buying good enough uh, cards for a normal amount of money. And I think that the greed that Nvidia is right now showing and both Nvidia and uh, AMD are going to show is based on the idea of driving the price of the high-end cards because they want to drive up the price of the average card. Because an average, card, an average card should probably be even cheaper. And, and they should sell in volume as well. Yes, so people are going to buy the cheaper cards. And by in, uh, artificially inflating the price of the more expensive cards, basically they are creating a market for the cheaper cards that is going to be also inflated in order to get more money, because the hmm. volume is not there. Okay, there are a couple of related questions to this. How do you see, for example, consoles fitting into that? Because consoles are not cheap, yet still people buy them in the millions. Yes, but uh, the technology that is, that is going into the consoles is basically three or four years old. 
Right now, they are pushing. They are pushing for technology that is going to be in the next console, but uh, more or less, nobody needs new consoles right now. Hmm. Uh, we are we are dealing with consoles that are what three years old, four years old, five years old, because the need for faster hardware is diminishing. We don't need faster hardware. We don't need new CPUs. We don't need need new, need new GPUs in order to make games run faster. It is a nice thing to have. Hmm. But there is a lot of things that you can do with the hardware that is already on the, on the market. To that point, actually, let's let's have a discussion about that because when COVID started in twenty twenty, yeah, we I remember the the days when we were uh, both you and I when we started uh, our summer semester. Okay, first week and then second week we were supposed to be online. It's exactly like that. First week we were here, yes, in the in the building, and then the next week we were already online. 2020 was very complex in terms of the hardware market, especially uh, because as as kind of like as the politics of it all, as they kind of like got to the grips of how they want to deal with the situation for the good and bad of it, not getting into that, that's not the topic. Uh, a lot of time passed. And from the perspective of consoles, I remember that when PS5 was introduced, which was in 2020 in November, I think. Okay. Uh, I remember even in our little country, people were standing in lines hundreds of meters long to buy it. And it wasn't cheap and it still isn't cheap. That being said, there is an argument to be made there that it's cheaper to buy a console to play a high-end game than to try to do the same with the PC which is where the other part of the market is, because the high-end PC is going to be a hell of a lot more expensive. This is one thing. And the other problem is that uh, high-end PC now requires an immense amount of uh, tinkering around the knowledge. Because if you want to buy high-end PC, it's not that you don't have the choice. You have a lot of choices both on the motherboard uh, on the motherboard end you have the choices for the GPUs for the CPUs for the memory for the even for the disks that used to be just something that you just bought now you had different kinds of NDMEs uh, different kinds of SSDs and so on and so on so people are tired of choices people just want sometimes they just want something to play on so this is the reason why uh, Steam Deck is uh, gaining traction because people Regardless of it using Linux and regardless of it using a different, not only operating system, but different system in which the games are played, people like, like Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. Because Steam Deck is basically what it says in the box. It's a gaming machine. You just use it to be gaming on the go, and then you can use it as a normal machine or a normal PC when you need to do something. So we are introducing something like a hybrid between the console and the PC. And this hybrid is close enough to what people need when they want to uh, work on the uh, PC at home. But most of the people are not hardcore users like you and I. You, you, you and I. Mm -hmm. uh, we are demanding much more from our PCs than uh, an average user. Average user basically wants uh, fast internet he wants or she wants uh, some sort of ability to send and receive emails 
to do some documents and to do some Excel probably or a little whatever, bit of video, whatever. YouTube, stuff like that. Yes. And then a lot of consuming of videos, a lot of consuming of podcasts, a lot of consuming of games and Spotify audios. Yes. Yeah, multimedia. Yes. Stuff. But even Spotify is now moving away from the PC It's moving to dedicated devices. So you can, you can have uh, Sonos speakers. You can have different speakers that are able to directly use Spotify. Every Google device is able to use Spotify. Every uh, Amazon device is able to use Spotify. And even in the darkest part of the world that we live in, where the um, those devices are not available or are available through, I would say, gray channels, you can get devices that use Spot uh, Spotify. So we are moving to... Uh, the way that the uh, iPad uh, created a new market of consumers and consuming, no, so not, not only consumer electronics, but the electronics intended for consuming uh, content, we are now in the middle of a fight of creating an ideal PC to be able to do, uh, consume content. Let's actually, the Steam Deck is a valid point there. I would argue that Steam, Steam Deck comes from a couple of different background engineering slash gaming ideas. Yes. I would say that the basis for Steam Deck, if I was to look at it from a customer perspective, I would say that the the core of Steam Deck, Steam Deck in terms of uh, how it came to be is actually Nintendo Switch. Yes. yes. There is a reason to, for me to say that. I have, I've had Switch for years now. Even my, as I usually say that I'm not a gamer, and you know that, but Nintendo Switch is different. I do have uh, PlayStation as well, PS3, uh, but I rarely play that one, and there's a reason why. And you can basically approach that topic from an angle of old farts. Reason being that the old games that we used to play, that we used to do all night long, that uh, involved a lot of RPG or simulations or whatnot, are not all that interesting to us anymore. Nowadays, when you, as you get older, from our perspective, it's more about inclusion. It's more about having fun with people around you, if possible. And this is where, for me, as a consumer, I'm not talking about about it as a ex-journalist or a professional or something. As a pure bread consumer, for from that perspective, Switch is ideal because you can have fun with three or four of your friends. Invite them over, have a gaming night, and everybody is going to have a good good time. You can also do that. With, but, with, but, uh... but but just one more thing. Out of that, if you extract the core of that idea and apply it to a single gamer, that's what Steam Deck is. Yes, that and the other thing. Uh, the other thing is that you want to be able not only to use use casual games, you also want to be able to casually game. Uh, Without any administration and all of the stuff related. Uh, that's I, have, what I, 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 yeah. I have I have another another thing to uh, to pick. Uh, most of the laptops right now, mm -hmm. uh, mid range or high end uh, laptops that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, even most of the laptops that are able to run uh, Office are completely capable of running, I don't know, 10-year-old old games. Correct. And there is an amazing number of 10-year-old uh, games that uh, we are able to uh, use and we are able to play on the today's laptop. I don't know if a single person in the last 10 years said to me, we are going to create a LAN party with uh, laptops somewhere. But when you have 
Switch or you have Steam Deck or you have uh, a console, it is quite possible that people are going to invite you to uh, to a night a night of Exactly, it's a different culture. I'd yes, say. it's a different culture, but it's also a different idea of gaming because people. No, don't... it's not. It's actually a copy paste of the gaming of the yesteryear, which was based around the idea of Malan party with multiple computers. It's just yes. centered around one or a couple of computers, yes, not we, many of them. But we wanted to play and it was anything but casual. Correct. Uh, we were, if, if we were want, very competitive at it. Yes, but the problem was that if you wanted to get your 10 or 15 uh, friends to play at your place, you basically needed to create a place for 15 computers with CRTs you needed four or five uh, hours to set it up. You needed... Uh, hundred square meters of space. Hundreds of square meters of space. You needed uh, UTP cables because there was, there was no wireless. You needed to stretch those uh, cables. You needed switches. You needed uh, th uh, things that you weren't able to uh, normally get... Acquire uh, easily because they were very expensive. Yes. And right now we are... Um, at the edge of the using basically technology that is so cheap that uh, basically what we needed to set up uh, land party is the amount of money that it takes to buy a, a complete uh, setup for the for the steam uh, for a steam deck so steam deck as such is cheaper than the networking stuff that we needed for LAN party. Oh, I remember that. I remember going to a fair here in Zagreb yes. when it used to exist and looking for uh, an Ethernet adapter. At that point in time, it was uh, ISA or PCI, no yes. PCI Express. With, with the BNC? Yeah, with the BNC as well, so yes. coaxial. I was looking for one of those and I was looking for one that was uh, PCM CIA for the laptop. I remember my father took me to that fair here locally and he cashed out or splashed out such an enormous amount of money for that. It was like, uh, let's say, uh, if you did uh, the direct conversion from that money to today, it would be something like 150 euros for the PCMCIA card. It would be close to 100 euros for the PCI card that I used, but it was in something like 1997 or 8. So taking inflation rate into consideration and everything, that's uh, that uh, when you compare that to the average salary back then, it was those two cards were more than an average salary uh, today, which is around 700 or 800 euros in, in yes, our country. Yes, but we went way, way, way off the track. No, uh, no, no, just wanted to mention that yes, you're completely correct. Yes, yes, correct. yes, I know, but we started from the graphic cards. Yeah. Uh, right now, you can buy, what, four Steam Decks for the price of the high-end NVIDIA? Yes, roughly. So basically, no, not roughly. Let's say free. Let's say no, free. No, 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 I, I would say it's exactly four because uh, I just checked. Uh, Steam Deck is around $400, NVIDIA high-end is around uh, 2000 or maybe 1000, a little bit less. Uh, uh, $1,600. So basically four times, four yeah. or five, five Steam Decks for a single graphics card. I was counting on the real-life cost of that because that means you have to ship it here, pay the cost for that, etc. While NVIDIA is available in your local store. So that's going to create a difference. But yes. Yes. Okay. But uh, to your point, let's say four. Yes, but we are quoting prices from the internet. Uh, when the local dealers here in Croatia do their magic, uh, all the prices go up. Yeah. So suddenly, euro becomes uh, thirty percent more uh, valuable to them uh, than it is actually. But okay, Steam Deck 
is cheap. Mm-hmm. Gaming is cheap now. People like cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. And what we are now creating is uh, two different gaming uh, worlds. One is based on uh, mobile gaming, mobile casual gaming with complex games, because Steam Deck is not by any stretch of imagination a, s- a simple machine. Mm-hmm. It is able to run uh, AAA titles. It is able to run a lot of a lot of uh, titles right now, and it is fun. It is cheap. And I think that it is going to slowly erode the market for the consoles because it is a console because it's the same thing that the iPad da- did for the um, uh, for the market for the PCs. I think that Steam Deck right now is doing on the on the market for the consoles. Okay, that's basically what uh, what Switch kind of did as well in a sense because it's the same model. It's movable or mobile gaming, which is fun and easy to use. While there are still, I am aware of the fact that Steam Deck is vastly different to what Nintendo Switch tries to do. That's yes. beside the point, because Nintendo Switch is all about, let's say, more of a retro type of thing, old type of games more, which we used to play when we were younger. Simpler graphics, not as much focus on that. More it's just, focus. It's just basically, basically what you will call, call family fun. game. Fa- yeah, family gaming. Yeah, for fun. Just for pure fun. But, but uh, I would consider all the games fun, but... Uh, because it's if it's not fun, it's not a game. <laughs> I wouldn't conceal, uh, consider Excel fun. Yeah, but it's not a game. Yes. So this, <laughs> this is my idea of fun. So if it's fun, it's a game. If it's not fun, I'm not going to use it. Yeah, I understand your tautology, but I was talking about different approach to gaming. Family, which is family what... casual fun. Yes. Family correct. casual fun. That's because, much because the idea of the Switch is that uh, everybody from the family, including five years old uh, kids, uh, can just take a Switch and in 10 minutes understand everything that is happening on the Switch. Correct. And this is the idea. Because when you take into consideration what games are look, uh, looking like today, uh, you have 20, 30, 50 functions available on the keyboard. You have uh, different ways of doing things. And this is rare on the Switch. Uh, this only happens... It's not rare. It doesn't happen. It does happen when people are trying to port a PC game on the, to the Switch. Yeah. And then they try to port every single feature uh, the Switch. And then suddenly you need to you need all the 10 digits that you have. And then... Uh, That's it, not fun. It, Including your nose to be able to do something. Yes. And this is this is not something that people actually like to do. Correct. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, some games also do have complex uh, functions, mm-hmm. but on the Switch, they are always fun, and they are not the front and center thing that you actually need to learn. Correct. That's in, exactly what I wanted to say. In the in the in the PC gaming, uh, basically there is an enormous amount of things that you would actually need to learn uh, to um, uh, play a normal game. So it used to be an FPS. It used to be just basically point and shoot. Right now you need to use twenty different keys on the keyboard to be able to do all the stuff that is able to, uh, that's done on the in the FPS. And then the PC is more about the eye candy. I would say that... Uh, I'm challenging you. I'm uh, Treat that as a question. Mm, okay, let's talk about eye candy. Mm-hmm. Do you like, from the gamer's perspective, what is more appealing to you? Uh, let's say 60 FPS, uh, I don't know, Nintendo Switch game on a large uh, screen in the living room. 
or a 60 fps uh, complex fps shooter done in unreal uh, 5 5.0 whatever on a smaller screen on the on the pc because when you're playing on the pc you're always always using the monitor that you have mm -hmm. you're going to pay an arm and a leg for the monitor you're going to pay an arm and a leg for the graphic card, uh, for, for the graphic card. cpu Yes, you're going to pay uh, some money for the memory, you are going to need the high-end uh, CPU and so on. And then you are getting eye candy on the PC. Mm -hmm. But eye candy that is, for example, on the Switch, because I don't want to take sides. Uh, I like Switch, I like uh, Steam Deck, I like all the, all the consoles different, all different consoles. Sometimes playing something on a bigger screen is actually... Uh, a bigger eye candy than it would be if you're just playing it on the monitor. Agreed. And it's hard to translate from a PC gaming to the gaming in the living room because Steam has tried it, everybody has tried it, but uh, getting a PC and then switching to the controller and then switching to the, some kind of a link to the living room uh, TV is not something a lot of people do. Agreed. So eye candy is eye candy when you're playing solo, but in most uh, family multiplayer or whatnot, uh, my I have a five-year-old kid. Uh, he likes to play Mario Kart, whatever. He's and, my type of guy. Yes, but what he does is he started. He has five years. He's uh, tired on single-player game. He wants to play with me mm -hmm. because he understands that gaming is much more fun when you're playing uh, multiplayer. So he likes Switch because it's easy to play uh, in the multiplayer on the Switch. Uh, he, we try to do it on the PC. Mm -hmm. Basically, he hates the idea of uh, having to use uh, having to use the keyboard because it's complicated to him. Agreed. And it's complicated to you and me as well. Yes. So we have three different types of gaming uh, gamers. Some like playing casual games like Solitaire. Mm -hmm. We have guys that are uh, PC master race guys who want to create a 4,000 euro gaming PC or 5,000 euros gaming PC that is going to be exclusively used for whatever, micro simulator, whatever. Mm -hmm. Flight simulator, uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, then we have guys who want to do the casual gaming with some eye candy, but always available gaming with uh, Steam Deck or with Switch. And I think that Nintendo is doing the better job there. So, uh, let's talk about casual gaming. And let's try to go back to where you started. Because you were, you were trying to make me uh, say that uh, graphic cards are getting expensive. Yes, they are. I wasn't trying to get you to say that. It's true. Yes, but nobody cares about them. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, but people who do are the same people who care about... Uh, I don't know, uh, vegan uh, vegetables <laughs> and uh, the al aluminum paper foil being vegan. We are talking about political correctness here right now, but uh, I'm going to get cancelled as, as soon as everybody hears this. But <laughs> How did this become a, a pod podcast about green energy and stuff? <laughs> the problem is that mainstream people uh, are basically awful. They don't care about, they don't care about, uh, mainstream means right now uh, not uh, caring about a lot of things. This is what we are trying to change. Mm -hmm. This is the idea of change that is uh, the green transition and so on and so on. But right now, 
an average person wants to buy a cheap graphic card. They don't care about high-end graphic cards. Mm, okay, but I have a I have a very cool argument to be made there. Why aren't CPUs that expensive? But they I, are. I no, they're not. I just bought, as I'm sure you know, I bought a new computer which is thirty nine thirty nine hundred K. Okay. That CPU, which is top of the line that exists on the market right now, was less than five hundred euros. Okay, but an average wait, 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 wait. We remember very well how it used to be with extreme edition processors of the high end, etc. Which is what this basically is. They were thousand euros plus, easily. So, uh, okay, if you go to the, let's say, AMD side of things, things do get a little bit more expensive. But at this different, is... at different processor, let's say, lines. I, I agree with you there. But CPUs are not on the uh, ascending price line if you're drawing it as much. But basically, AMD, uh, what Intel did in the past two generations, since coming back, back to their senses and producing decent CPUs after a while, they actually crashed the prices a lot. Yes, because AMD crashed their price. Uh, they got their ass kicked by the AMD. That's not what happened. Uh, it it happened because uh, technology-wise, Intel is better. But AMD made a breakthrough in slashing the prices, so Intel had to follow that lead. Uh, but AMD has had the technological advance, advancements on their side for the past three generations of CPUs. At yes, least. yes, but they also uh, put the, got the prices down. And then Intel had to follow, and this is why we have uh, cheaper GP, uh, CPUs right now. And I think that this is a good thing. What is bothering me is that the GPU prices don't have that kind of advantage because both AMD and uh, NVIDIA are trying to push the prices up because they need the money, because they need the development. Uh, tell me, do you think that the GPUs are advancing as fast as CPUs right now, technology-wise? Technology-wise? Yes. I think they're faster. No, 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 no raw speed. I'm just uh, talking about different uh, technologies because right now oh, the, okay. the, no. the architecture, no. uh, design and everything that is right now on the, uh, on the CPU side of things is vastly different uh, uh, than where it, where it was five years ago. Mm -hmm. GPUs are basically just bigger. They have more uh, more cores, they have more uh, different stages of whatever, but they didn't go, uh, in, the technology hasn't advanced. Innovation yes. is, is not there at that fast pace as the CPUs. So right now, okay. right now, I the agree. GPUs are running, uh, trying to run the prices up in order to drive the money because they need the money in order to innovate. <laughs> you could argue actually what you just said, which I completely agree with. You could argue that GPUs are doing it the... Uh, like fist in the face way, brute yes, force way, yes. CPUs are trying to be intelligent about it. Yes, but the idea is that uh, CPUs right now need to get the people on their side, and then they're going to stagnate for five years or so. Then they're going to just do the same thing that the GPU guys are doing right now. And then they're going to push the prices up until the price uh, or the market breaks. And then they're going to push the prices down. Because it's, it's a normal thing. It's the same thing that happens with the mobile phones. Mm -hmm. When you take a look at the mobile phones, you see the different, I'm not going to mention any manufacturers, but different manufacturers 
come to a point where their mobile phones is considered uh, the mobile phone is, is considered uh, to be top of the line and they then do small even smaller steps iterations on different in different uh, versions and getting the prices up mm-hmm. until the people are fed up mm-hmm. and then they actually innovate so they're basically skimming the cream uh, from the top of the uh, top of the market and trying to get the money uh, in the second. First, they invest the money in the new technology, and then they're trying to skim the market because they want to be able to get their money back from the technology that they, they developed. So right now, I think that the GPU guys are trying to get the money from the old technology, and the CPUs need to get the new technology into the hands of the people mm-hmm. in order to drive the market. Okay, I get it. Uh, I would like to make a couple of uh, points to actually to your point, kind of like to support that. But at the, at, at the same time, I might offer some counterpoints to what you said, okay. just for discussion purposes. Thing number one, uh, AMD, uh, AMD, sorry, no, not AMD. Apple created quite a stir on the market with the MCPUs. Okay. In terms of the architecture while we're talking about architecture and advancements in technology reason being that uh, for the first time in a long time not for the first time just for the first time in a long time somebody produced a cpu that has memory integrated okay which is something that intel uh, didn't do for many years they used to try to do it but let's not go into uh, a past of long ago that's not the point. The point is that they made quite a stir on the market because of that, on technology level, which then led also to some things happening on the CPU market that's co- that are going to happen in the future. Reason is very simple, and we both know this because we deal with this every day in our everyday jobs, especially on some of the courses that we teach. The reason why uh, Apple did that gamble with CPU, with GPU, with memory on the same die is simple. It is the fastest way. It is the cheapest and the fastest way to to provide performance while at the same time not spending over overboard and like over the top amount of money for every single chip to be made. So they made the best of the both worlds in terms of getting the getting the design right, because their design, I think, is right. That's the way in which CPUs are probably going to look like in three or four years on all of the markets. There is a reason why I'm saying that. But at the same time, uh, that meant that their integration of their CPU, GPU memory, which they have on M1, M2, uh, is also uh, giving them uh, a lot of advantage in terms of performance because they don't need, as I'm sure you know, as much memory as they used to for it okay, because okay, the memory is much lower, to, much lower latency and much greater speed. I'm going to interrupt you because Apple is not a good example of what we are trying to say to here. I, um, I, I, because that's Apple, exactly the reason why I said it. Because Apple is driving the innovation, but you have to consider that Apple has almost none of the games almost none of the gaming is happening on the apple uh desktop uh configurations are almost non-existent in the apple world they are mostly uh based on ipads iphones and um, uh, laptops mm-hmm. laptops being the smaller of the the smallest of the group so 
right, right now they have come to a point where the, they are actually producing probably the best laptops there are on the market mm -hmm. in terms of uh, battery life, in terms of efficiency, uh, efficiency in terms of uh, actually... I would say performance for that efficiency and for the battery life as but well. What I would say usability, because mm -hmm. in the end, when you take away the ability to game, Mm -hmm. Because Apple is taking the ability to game from all of the all of their users. Users basically don't use the Apple for gaming. Yes. When you take the ability to game from people, mm -hmm. uh, and people uh, get to the point where they actually need a workhorse machine to be able to uh, do their job every day, mm -hmm. Apple is basically producing the best uh, laptops there are. Mm -hmm. So, for a given constraint. Apple is better, mm -hmm. but the constraint is enormous because uh, uh, CPU-wise, AMD and Intel are trying to cover a huge market. Mm -hmm. Apple is just using a small, 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 small part of the market that is uh, almost entirely based on consumer electronics like iPad. And they are trying to make the best of uh, consuming content. They are trying to uh, aim for the lowest, uh, for the highest battery life, mm -hmm. so lowest consumption. And they are trying to make a chip that is going to be designed for the people who don't want to create. They are saying that they want people to create on the Apple uh, Apple machines. Create what? Create for the creativity, for the creative people, for the art people and so on. I would say that M1 and M2 are way better at that than the yes. vast majority of combinations. Yes, but the main PC. idea is not M1 on the in the laptop. The main okay. idea is M1 in the ap iPad okay. or in the iPhone. I get it. So they want to get the longest battery life possible in their consumer market. They don't aim for the creativity. Uh, it used to be that uh, people on the Apple used to be creative. Why did you buy a uh, 13 something uh, Intel instead of a high-end uh, Apple? I already have high-end Apple, so I don't need it, but I was aiming for the desktop PC. And reason for that, that's actually a very good point. That's, that's excellent. Um, my reason for that, as I'm sure you know, is because of the fact that laptops are so notoriously different, difficult nowadays to upgrade in any sense, because they're limited by ports and everything there in them, uh, that you cannot hook up stuff like three or four monitors to a laptop. It's difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's difficult and very expensive. But for my line of work and for your line of work, having multi-monitor support is not mandatory. It's the thing that we need to have. So M1 was kind of like piece of <clears throat> for that because yes. you could connect one two monitors that's it we both you and i have five or six and this is why i'm saying that uh, apple is switching uh, moving away from creation they created a platform that is able to process the data mm -hmm. but acquiring data which used to be forte of apple mm -hmm. is getting more complicated mm -hmm. because a lot of stuff that we have here you can connect to a single pc mm -hmm. It's a big pain in the butt to uh, connect it to, to a single uh, Apple computer. Okay. So if you have a couple of a uh, couple of cameras or three cameras, if you have a mixing uh, a mixing deck, if you have a couple of microphones and so on and so on, it's complicated to connect into an Apple computer because all the Apple laptops right now are trying to skip on the amount of uh, different connectors that they have, and uh, people who are producing cameras, people who are producing uh, audiovisual equipment are not helping 
because they they want uh workstations that are able to connect to i don't know five uh, usbs seven usbs and workstations don't exist and workstations don't exist and on the, on the, on the, on the part so correct people are basically pushed to the stuck uh, between the rock and the hard place yes because right now if you want to do multimedia you need to buy a pc and if you want to buy the pc you are uh, basically forced to use windows 11 and what is windows 11's achilles heel multimedia so basically you get a uh, inferior product because apple right now doesn't have doesn't have the product that you need i would argue that you are partially correct a reason being I'm that always you correct. yeah that's that's the nature of, of our business we both are uh, you are completely correct out of the box no no argument there out of the box for connectivity apple's products are not as good as pcs no yes, argue. but I'm going to interrupt you. If I interrupt you there, I, I, I know what you're going to say, but out of the box is good enough for me. Because, yes, for the vast majority of the, people. Because we are talking about uh, unit pushing. Yeah, yeah. We are talking about uh, NVIDIA trying to sell tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of graphic cards. Uh, Apple trying to sell millions of phones, millions of iPads. Mm -hmm. We are not talking about uh, carefully crafted multimedia workstations for Correct. a single use. Correct. But I would argue that people who are working in the multimedia business are still heavily using Mac for their jobs. Therefore, they are willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice to make that happen, which means all of the unpopular things. You have to buy a Thunderbolt dock. You have to buy external GPU for the PC version because the M whatever version doesn't support it at all, etc. So I'm with you all the time. So we are completely in agreement there. But I would I would say that the, still the multimedia guys are willing to put up with that. And there are perhaps a little bit of history reasons for that. Perhaps, okay, okay. I'm, perhaps I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Perhaps a little bit of, let's say, posing reason for that as well, because you look cool if you have an Apple computer somehow. I don't know why. They're just a computer, They're just like any else, any, any other computer. But still, that being said, it is doable. It's just out of the box much more difficult. Uh, and if you buy a PC, usually even for a mid-range motherboard, you have, I don't know, 8 to 10 USB ports. You can connect practically everything. The inflection point is when PCs and Macs are going to have just the Thunderbolt ports. Then it's going, that, then it's going to be either good or bad. We, I, I don't have the crystal ball of the future. Don't want to uh, play the game on that. I'm just saying that, uh, for example, PCs are really bad at that. Really, if you want to have Thunderbolt on a PC, you have to buy a hell of an expensive motherboard. Yes, but uh, what I... And back to the original point, gaming on Mac, no. Okay, but uh, no what way. I'm expecting right now, I'm waiting for the Apple to finally decide that they're going to have one operating system. Yes. And when they are going to stop treating iPad and uh, Apple laptops are different uh, devices single ecosystem yes uh, but they are treating them as different devices with different operating systems i am waiting for the moment when the ipad and the apple laptops were going to have the same operating system just like everybody else yes that. and yeah. then uh, there is going to be a lot of changes because your docs for the laptops that you bought are going to be usable on the ipads and this is a, a whole different ball game then because they already are 
a lot this, of them. Yes, yes, but the the applications are not there. Yes, correct. Applications are not there, not there right now. But so, but the, but Apple made one big concession in that part, actually. Again, to counter your point, because you can connect a USB-C disk to an iPad, run, uh, let's say. Uh, DaVinci Resolve on iPad okay. and use it as a storage device, which in past they were unwilling to do up till recently. Okay, but uh, right now, so we are talking about a huge market and this market is Steam Decks becoming mainstream gaming machines mm -hmm. or uh, using a Steam Deck as a placeholder. Mm -hmm. uh, mobile devices that are able to run almost all the games. Mm -hmm. uh, Different consoles becoming gaming machines because they are in hundreds of millions. Uh, laptops becoming a mainstream business machine. iPads and uh, Apple's devices becoming consumer-grade uh, content-consuming uh, machines. And where does it leave NVIDIA? NVIDIA is getting cornered in the market that is basically getting smaller and smaller. I was hoping that you're going to go that way because I wanted to talk about this one. And I have a premise for that. I have actually a little bit of a different disposition to what you're saying, but let me go there for a second. Uh, 10 plus years ago, okay. when we were still working as godforsaken journalists, NVIDIA and Intel were holding conversations. They had conversations about Intel and NVIDIA joining forces. Okay. According to the rumor mill, the only reason why that didn't happen is because Mr. Gelsinger and Mr. Jensen couldn't agree on who's going to be the CEO. Okay. If that happened, we would be talking about a much, much different future right now. Hence the reason, one of the reasons, not the only one, hence the reason why NVIDIA wanted to buy ARM. Because NVIDIA does see that future. They, they do see the writing on the wall for what you were saying. And one of the reasons why they wanted to buy ARM is exactly that, because that would give them entry to the CPU market as well. Not only CPU market as such, it's also about licensing of the CPU market, which ARM is heavily involved with. Coincidentally, I think that I was thinking about this today. This is one of the future topics for us to cover. Licensing in IT in general and then licensing on hardware, software level and even moving into CPU because Intel recently introduced licensing for their CPUs, believe it or not, for some of the features, for some of the registers. AMD bought ATI. Okay. Uh, Apple already has an integrated design. Okay. The only player who doesn't is NVIDIA. So I'm saying that's one of the reasons why they wanted to buy ARM, probably. Now, I take your point about NVIDIA being not in a happy place with this. I take that and I say, well, I'm with you on it. I think you're correct. But what remains to be seen is something else, because these are not the only CPU architectures on the market. Just last week, we had RISC-V conference and uh, Intel and NVIDIA and AMD uh, Intel and NVIDIA already investing into RISC-V. Uh, in, uh, if you remember, AMD tried to have uh, some 10 years ago plus hybrid CPUs with ARM cores inside as well. That didn't go through very well. It, it, whatever happened, happened. Doesn't really matter now. Not to revisit the past. So my point with my metaphor about Apple doing the integrated design was that that is the future for all of them. Okay. Uh, I agree.
But right now, and Intel one, is that's one of the reasons why Intel went into Arc business. I think one, not the biggest one, but sm at least a small one. But basically, what you're saying is that uh, Intel, who already had uh, integrated graphics, mm -hmm. is right now shifting into the market of discrete graphics at the same time when everybody else is going to the integrated graphics. Yes, because they have the power and the money to do that. For how long? I just checked. Uh, it says that uh, uh, GPU market has uh, contracted by 25% year to year in the quarter, uh, third quarter of the, uh, 2022. Can I be human for a second? Just, just give me a second. At the same time, CPU market shrunk, but 5%. Mm -hmm. And the desktops have grown by 10%. Mm -hmm. So basically, people are buying desktops. Not buying graphic cards. Not buying graphic cards. Buying CPUs. Buying CPUs. And so they're buying a lot more PCs, a lot more desktops, but now they're not buying graphic cards. Okay. Can I be human for a second? Yes. How about if we introduce a human concept into why Intel did this with Arc? Maybe, just maybe, they did it out of spite. To be completely honest, I'm waiting for a Tesla GPU. Because, because they are capable of doing it for all of the, you know, uh, unresolved issues of the past with NVIDIA. Yes, I know. I know. There is a lot of, there is a lot of ego going on in, the, in this part of the market. So, uh, manufacturing it right now and uh, semiconductors are basically all about egos. Uh, one, of, one of the things that should worry NVIDIA more, I think, in that sense, is recently there were some uh, new laws in, in, uh, that were added to the legal framework in the US and NVIDIA was denied selling some of the high-end GPUs, but not specifically for gaming, okay. those data center ones. Uh, to China and other countries that are now, again, looked as if, you know, they're in is, war. Th this is another Pandora's box. Uh, it is because that uh, kind of like closes down one of the avenues in which NVIDIA rules the market. Because in that market, they are king by a long margin, yes, by okay. a big margin. Okay, I agree. Okay. But the problem is, but the problem is that uh, we are probably going to need to create another uh, entire episode on the the technology war that is go, uh, going on right now in the in the in the world. That's excellent topic, and I would add PCI Express to to the top of that list. Yes, because uh, right now a lot of polit political uh, uh, in the last probably what five years or so, there were a lot of political things that uh, influenced the semiconductor market. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be that the technology was driven by technology. Basically, you had a company, whatever the company was, they were trying to do the best job they could. Uh, politics was kept mostly out of the way. And the technology advances were left to the uh, private capital and the private uh, companies. Right now, Politics is heavily into trying to uh, disengage those private company companies from working with each other. Uh, they are trying to influence the technologies. They are trying to influence the market share. They are trying to influence a lot of things. Uh, they are banning entire companies. They are banning, banning entire uh, generations of CPUs, GPUs, and so on. Memory is the next. Actually, uh, some, banning, some news happened today as well. They are banning people from working in China in order mm -hmm. to make the companies weaker mm -hmm. because they want to uh, do the brain drain out of China because they think that China right now has the 
because it has the biggest concentration of people who are actually into into semiconductors. So there is a lot of things happening. I wouldn't say that I'm not prepared right now to talk about it, but uh, this is a whole different Pandora's box that we need to open later. Agreed. Because there is a lot of things uh, to talk about. Mm -hmm. Since this is supposed to be a podcast, maybe somebody can send, can send me some uh, short notes or some, some uh, pointers into what should we uh, talk about. Mm -hmm. In the chat box. In example. the chat box or whatever, or in the, in the comments, because mm -hmm. they're going to hate us in the comments, I know. <laughs> uh, everybody hates those Slavs when they're talking about IT. <laughs> but uh, it's easy to do, so it's the easiest thing. Uh, but uh, the uh, my point is, Technology and the politics used to not mix. Now they're mixing heavily, and the problem is that the politics is both heavy-handed and usually completely clueless. So we are going to get a lot of problems uh, coming from coming from that uh, that part of the um, basically market situations, because the politics is going to create turmoil where the turmoil shouldn't exist. We are coming. They're going to enhance the chip shortage. But I'm not. Call me. Call me uh, strange. But I'm not buying into chip shortage. I understand. Because right now, I think that a lot of technology problems are being covered by the chip shortage. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of uh, devices that are introduced to the market. Suddenly, they find a problem sometimes with the software, sometimes with the hardware, then suddenly there is a chip shortage for this device. Then two months uh, come and go. And then when they're finished with the, uh, when they're uh, finished with fixing the problem, suddenly the devices are back on the market. So I think that chip shortage is there, but a lot of times from my perspective, it seems that uh, semiconductor uh, pr uh, providers are, basically using chip shortage as an excuse to uh, get more time, as we talked in the last time we were talking about, uh, to try to finish the products that they had to push to the market. So they create artificial shortage or they talk about shortage that doesn't exist in order to get more time to fix things. So because let's say I won't talk about any cameras uh, right now because mm -hmm. I don't care, but this type of camera came to the market, there was a chip shortage, but actually you could buy a camera all the time. Mm -hmm. But there was a small amount of cameras, then they came to the market uh, and then they actually got discounted heavily this, mm -hmm. uh, after the chip shortage. So And then this continued and then reintroduced. Then reintroduced. So what are we talking about? We are talking about the camera that is expensive, then it's not available, then it becomes cheap then it's not available. Then it comes back to the market uh, to, uh, for the price that is something, somewhere in the middle of becoming between the cheap and be, being expensive. So I think that this wasn't driven by the chip shortage. This was driven by complete lack of idea what to do with the camera uh, on the manufacturer's part and then trying to find the niche in the market that then this camera is going to be in. You don't think that this has anything to do with the GPU pricing? GPU pricing right now is trying to ride the wave of uh, inflated prices that the GPU mining was uh, has created. Because they actually saw 
both Nvidia and AMD, saw that people are actually willing to pay $2,000 for a, a, GPU, a GPU card. And so they said, okay, why not? Yeah, well, let's make some money. Let's make some money. Okay, capitalist approach. I, I'm completely, I'm completely for it. I'm completely for it because they are trying to, they are trying to keep the market. Okay, unlike uh, what I was saying the last time around in last episode, where I was playing devil's advocate for the capitalistic market, this time I'm going to say something completely different, which is much more uh, aligned with what I actually think, which would be I'm all for the market and the capital and all of that, but up to a point. I, I think that uh, that that point, from my perspective as a user now, as a buyer, uh, is actually something that's uh, that's way surpassed. That's one thing. Then the second thing, you know that from our internal jokes in the office that we work with, work in, you guys made fun of me for buying a new computer without a new graphics card numerous times, and hence the reason why, because I am not, I can afford it, I could afford it. But I am not giving $2,000 for any card unless it does everything that I want to, plus 100% more, plus makes coffee for all of us, plus gives you a back massage when you need to. Yes, you, but you know what I'm saying. I do hope, I do hope that uh, both Nvidia and AMD is going to, are going to uh, use this money that they get from the this generation graphic cards to actually do some technology-related uh, development. Because let, let's let's just switch let's just switch uh, to a different topic, and say that from my perspective, uh, the latest generations of graphic cards are basically lazily uh, designed. They take enormous amount of space in the PC. They are three units high. Mm -hmm. They need holding sticks. They need enormous amount of power. They need enormous amount of power. They catch fire because of the aforementioned amount of power. They use holding sticks. Let me reiterate again. Mm -hmm, because they're too heavy. Yes. And this was something that was last seen in the IBM XT with the full-size cards that had to Hard have... drives. Uh, uh, no, no, no. They had the, they had the slot for the, to, to hold the actually full-size card. So... We are moving 30, 40 years uh, in the uh, back uh, into the past in order to accommodate a graphic card that should be technologically advanced. Right now, I think that they're brute forcing their way into the market. And I'm hoping that the money that they get is going to get wasted on the technology. So it's like reverse back to the future. Yes, sort of, kind of. But I don't care. I don't care if what they do. If they use it, or the money they get, if they use the money to uh, create another set of new technologically advanced uh, cards. Right now, they are just evolving. They are not creating revolutionary new cards. Intel has created some sort of revolution. AMD has created some sort of revolution. Uh, different kinds of revolution because uh, they are right now uh, going into different, uh, into different paths, uh, AMD and Intel. But CPUs, as we said, are innovating. GPUs are not. I want to see innovation in that part. Is there a point to what we did today? No, that's exactly what I started with. I, I distinctly knew that there will be no point to be made this time. Unlike the last time in which you made the point AI bad, and I made the point AI not necessarily bad. Okay. Capitalism bad, capitalism not necessarily bad. High prices for GPUs? Bad. 
generally speaking, bad. Technology and the CPU. Uh, generally speaking, let me explain. Generally speaking, bad because a, it means that that's going to, as you said, drive the mid-range and low-end cards in pricing up, which is bad for everybody. And also, it's bad from a technology standpoint because we are still trying to use a hammer to solve a problem that can be probably solved by taking a little bit of time and using a very, very fine scissor, which is what GPUs are doing, unlike CPUs. So, GPUs are scissors in that metaphor. So, price bad, technology bad. On GPU side of things, I'm afraid a little bit, yes. Yes. So what we're waiting for is for the GPU guys to get their senses uh, and try to actually do the stuff like it should be done. To do the technology advances, we drive the prices down and work. We do, uh, both both you and I deal with... Um, and this is unfortunately why we need Intel uh, to uh, get their... Uh, act together uh, on uh, a long-term basis. On the long-term basis and on the driver basis. Mm -hmm. So we need the biggest hardware manufacturer to be able to provide software in order to for biggest hardware manufacturers to be able to provide uh, hardware that is going to be better. I want to end on a humorous note. You okay. know you know something that I said on the course that both you and I teach, okay. uh, computer architecture in the last semester. I said that CPUs and GPUs are basically coming to a halt in terms of technology development just from the perspective of Moore's law, which is very close to being the truth, if it already isn't. Very close to it. I'm completely, I'm completely uh, not not with you on this. No, no, no. Wait, wait a second. It's uh, what you think you're going to be able to produce transistors that are that are smaller than an atom. No, I'm just saying that sales are going to redefine the Moore's law to whatever it fits them, and we are going to see the Moore's law oh, being yes, as yes. as the surface area of a CPU is going to be uh, twice or fifty percent or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, but so I, for, for a given for a given definition of Moore's law, yes, <laughs> yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, I was talking in a technological sense, and I do know that we agree on that. Okay. But uh, what I said to the students, and you were there when I said it as well, on the first lecture related to the Moore's Law, is that this is slowly but surely coming to an end. We are going to hit a wall with current technology principles, at least. And the only way in which we can go into the future is to either go NVIDIA way, which is bigger chips, more power, more difficult to cool, less efficiency long term because they do have a couple of steps still to go through in TSMC manufacturing process, but then they're at the end again. Or we can go around that via some kind of a more, uh, let's say, modular design, which is what AMD and Intel are trying to make on the CPU side. Whatever happens, both approaches do have their pluses and minuses. They're, they are valid approaches to the same topic. But what I definitely dislike is the fact that I told the students that basically that's coming to an end and then AMD and NVIDIA specifically goes and creates a freaking graphic cards that consumes, what, 500 watts of power. Damn it. The biggest problem is that for your definition that is basically wrong right now mm -hmm. uh, of Moore's law for the number of transistors, mm -hmm. Apple has created the problem because yeah. you have an enormous amount of transistors in the memory being included in the count, transistor count for the CPU. Which is normal. Yes, so Intel has what, couple of hundreds of thousands of the, hundreds of billions of transistors available to put in the CPU in form of memory and to say, okay, this is the Moore's law at work. Mm -hmm. 
So, so we want to fake approach it. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, love yes. the way you do marketing, man. Yes, yes, because it is going to actually happen. No, you should go into technical PR. You'd be good at that. Uh, no, no, I, I'm not for uh, for any kind of PR. Okay, just as long, I'm not for Excel management. Yes. Okay. So on that on that uh, bombshell, uh, we're going to finish this. Yes. Uh, to, to to take a closing statement from a from a well known show. Uh, thank you for listening. I was no, he was veteran. Now it's your part to say this was Yasmin. This was Yasmin. And this was the IT show that we were trying to create. For the good and the bad of it. Yes, okay. Bye. So, bye.